Welcome to the MedMan Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. I'm Jesse Arnoldson. And I'm Jay Holmes. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's program. Welcome back to the MedMan Podcast. Today, we are privileged to have our very own Jesse Arnoldson on. Jesse, welcome. Thanks, Jay. So, Jesse, today we're going to be talking about how we address each other's mistakes. As we jump into this, why is this important? I think it's been my experience that the method in which we address each other's mistakes is one that can either build a lot of confidence and trust in our team, or it can completely tear things apart. We talk regularly about these big general concepts of of communication and teamwork, but it's hard when the rubber hits the road. And quite often people sit there and ask, well, yeah, yeah, I agree. And we've talked about communication a hundred times, but things aren't getting better. This is one of those specific areas that if done right, can improve communication, can improve trust, and can help give you the team that you're wanting. Or it can do the exact opposite and tear everything apart. <laughs> so it's worth, it's worth spending some time talking about today. Totally. So let's jump in. What are some examples of how our methodology for addressing mistakes causes things to get worse? Yeah, Jay, I'll jump in and I'll list probably two or three. You know, the first one that comes to mind is that I think quite often managers get really busy and they're doing their work. They're sitting in their office with their spreadsheets or their, their payroll or whatever it is that they're doing. And when they come out, it's mostly to try and fix something, uh, a mistake, something's broken, somebody did something. And so most of the time, your staff, that's what they're seeing from you. The majority of the time is either like just superficial hellos and how are you? The rest of the time, it's talking about your mistakes. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work if the foundational things like building a relationship giving good positive feedback, empowering them, if those things aren't there and all they ever hear from you is about the things you did wrong, it isn't going to go well. The second thing I would say is a big pitfall for people when they're addressing each other's mistakes is not going to them immediately when there's even a hint of something that went wrong. And I'm not saying you have to do that every time, but I've noticed that if you're going to go and you're going to do the research, you're going to dig into things, you're going to talk to other people and then at the very end, you bring them into it basically to tell them everything that you found. You've, one, missed out on a lot of context and most likely you're going to be wrong in some way. And two, it's just going to erode trust. You were talking about them, whether good or bad, whether it's part of your job or not, people don't like to be talked about. And so it's, it's going to bring your relationship to a new level where they're not going to trust that when you're talking to somebody on the side that it isn't about them or that you aren't looking for something that they did wrong. And they're going to start to get defensive and they're going to stop bringing bad news to you, which you need, you desperately need them to tell you when things are going wrong and to do so early. But that's going to prevent them from doing so in the future. Right. You know, to your first point, a lot of my career was in public accounting. Mm -hmm. And that was the environment of all the work you did 
which was instructional, but, but, oh, it was challenging. All the work you did, it wasn't like, hey, good job on 95% of it. it was, hey, here's a 5% that you failed miserably at. And this, these are the things you need to do to fix it. Right. And every time, because to strive for perfection is, is almost impossible. Right. So it was just every single assignment, every single tax return, audit, forecast, all the things where here are the 5, 10, 15, 20 things that you did wrong. Mm-hmm. Here's the things you did wrong. And contrast that from like school or other things that we do in kind of our, our upbringing, which is, you get stuff right because you know what to expect. And then all of a sudden you flip the switch to, oh my goodness, you know, like all I hear yeah. is all the things I get wrong. And that's a tough thing to, thing to manage. It is. It absolutely is. And can't even imagine accounting is, I think, perfectly inherent of, of this exact problem that we're talking about. There's no other way to <laughs> that it gets done, I think. It's just purely out for your mistakes. That's hard. Yep, absolutely. So there's certainly a downside risk to these conversations. Mm-hmm. Is there an opportunity to to flip that on its head and, and have this as a positive or, or successful conversation? Yes. And it has to be. This is this has to be an area, an area tool that you use to build your team. Patrick Lencioni, who wrote the the five dysfunctions of a team, he put out an example that I think is applicable. And it was more around conflict. And he put conflict on a spectrum between on one side you have kind of this false harmony, artificial harmony. And then on the other side you have things where things break down and there's name calling. It's just awful conflict. But then right in the middle is where you want to be. And he goes on to talk about that the opportunity for building trust comes from when somebody steps over the line just a little bit. And the opportunity being for the other person to then forgive them and let them know that it's okay. And to keep bringing them back to the center where the ideal place of conflict is. It's the same here. If somebody makes a mistake, you can either leave them in shambles by critiquing them and being harsh about it and doling out a $50 punishment for a $5 crime, or you can come to them first, trust them to tell you the truth, engage them in fixing the problem, let them learn from it, and let them know it's okay. And if you do that, there will be more trust between the two of you than before the mistake was made. And if you show them how to do it right, then they will replicate that with others. And so the communication, the trust, the team building, that all gets amplified based off of something that went wrong. That's Mm -hmm. the opportunity. Yeah, I like it. Heard something a while back that talked about constructive criticism Mm -hmm. and how to have that conversation. And it was interesting. They said, you know, that it's a give and take thing and not just saying, hey, oftentimes we'll try to sandwich something like, hey, you know, you you did really good at, at this. And then then really specifically you did something wrong. And then, okay, but but you're still doing okay here. And what I took from it was that Sometimes you can deploy tactics of, hey, this is what I really liked and this is what I didn't. But you have to be as specific for the things that you like or that went well as you do for the things that went wrong. And most of the times we're very bad at that. We gloss over and we high level, hey, you know, you did really great in this aspect of your job and well done. But here, this is exactly what you did wrong and why. And our brains take that differently. And I think to add into, throw in that we need to be looking for the positives as well, but not just, but we need to take as much time while we look at them, the positives. And we're too busy and usually we don't, but I just thought that was an interesting thing. And I think that might relate a little bit that we could do that here, that it's not always, because we don't want to always be the person that says, here are things you did wrong all the time. We need to be the people that promote how do you how do you get great behavior change? Well, just highlight all the things you did wrong all the time, or do you highlight the things you you do right, and then people will gravitate towards that. And I'm sure that there's endless debates on what is right, but but right. you know certainly something to think about. I sandwich all the time, 
and and I got I got yeah, I'm thinking about exact doing exactly the same thing yesterday. And I think it's okay feeling in the moment that I want to do it better. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I think it's okay, but we all know it. We all say like we're just doing this as a tactic to kind of ease this, but yeah. we don't take the time to really, really think about what specifically they do amazing or they did amazing. Yep. Yep. And that makes a difference to someone telling you, oh, hey, good job, bud. Great, great job in the game today. And you're like, well, like the game was really long. And what do you mean great yeah. job? You know, yeah. like, what and about it? Coming? Why are yeah, you exactly, saying <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> rather than say, you know, this specifically, you know, that, that's uh, something we can work on. And people aren't stupid, right? They know if you're trying to put a pill inside of a cheese thing and shove it in their mouth, right? <laughs> yeah. So they, they don't take your compliments as genuine compliments, right? Well, yeah. And they can tell because you spent a total of, what, three seconds thinking of it. But you spent totally. a lot of time thinking about what you want them <laughs> to change. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we might have addressed this a little bit before, but really, what do you think the best way to have that conversation? I think that there is work to do before a mistake is ever made. And I think you hit on it. So let's rewind for a second. You need to go out and look for specific things that your team is doing right and reinforce those without ever adding correction to the mix. You need to go out and pay specific compliments by themselves. Let them stand by themselves. Get your team feeling confident. That way they know that every time they see you, it isn't a mistake thing. Every time they get a compliment, it's going to be followed by a a backhanded you need to be building relationships at the same time with them and the people that have influence on them, their team, their, their doctors, whoever. You need to be listening to them and hearing from them. All of this stuff has to happen and be a part of the foundation before you ever offer correction. You and I have both read The Anatomy of Peace, and they speak to this a whole lot. 95% of your time should be spent on making sure that you're in the right place that you're building a relationship, that you're, you're building them up, you're listening to them, you're learning, you're teaching before you ever offer a piece of correction. If you haven't done those things, good luck. It's not going to hit how you want it to. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Absolutely. So what do I do if I feel we're too far down the road of we're, we're just nitpicking, we're, we're just, just we're scratching each other all day long? What, what are we going to do? This is a tricky one. You can go a couple of paths. There's something to the idea of rallying your team around a specific goal or a specific cause. And this, this could be one of them getting together and calling it out and trying to highlight the emotions that you know they're feeling. The, the thing is, is that most of the time your team, they're coming to you and they're saying, hey, you know, I'm being nitpicked. I'm, I'm feeling hurt. But when everybody on your team is coming to you and saying that, more than likely they're recipients and people who are kind of doling it out as well at the same time. If you can get them together, call out what's going wrong, set the expectation, the very clear expectation. This is how I expect you to handle mistakes and I'm going to hold you to it and I'm going to hold myself and I want you to hold me to it as well. Your team can rally around that. It's hard work and you need to make sure you know that it's not going to fix it right away and there's still going to be other mistakes. You're going to have to hold their hands and coach them through it. But it's, it's something. There's something to a rallying cause for your team. The other way is to begin to demonstrate the right way yourself and be very obvious about it and start to bring people in one by one into your cause. Go out and begin to build the relationships, dole out specific, genuine praise, correct in a way that is kind and empowering that leaves them 
hopeful and, and engaged rather than in shambles and paranoid. Do those things and slowly begin to bring people in on your team. And it's amazing how much what you do can inspire others to do the same thing, to reciprocate. Absolutely. Lead. Be the leader. Be the leader, right? That's yep. what we're talking about. Yeah. So as a wrap-up question here, sometimes we think that we have perfect organizations and perfect clinics and, and because no one comes to us with any problems or anything, or, or maybe we're not noticing anything. And so we think, hey, we've got everything dialed in. The reality is that we probably don't, and there are probably things that aren't, aren't being told to us. Right. What do we do in situations like that where we are not feeling the transparency? Man, it's the eye of the storm, right? It, you're sitting there feeling calm. Everything's okay. I felt this two, three weeks ago. I was like, man, life is good right now. <laughs> Everybody must be doing amazing. No, no. I was just in the eye of it and the storm was about to hit me in about a week, right? <laughs> and, and I'm kind of working my way back out of the other side. I think it's always better. The best position to be in is one where you know you have a couple of problems. Because if you have a couple of problems and people have brought them to you, you're aware of it. It means that more than likely you don't have bigger ones. But like you said, what, what do you do when you feel like everything's hunky-dory and, and nobody's bringing you problems? Yeah, more than likely, there are issues. And for one reason or another, the trust or the communication isn't there to bring it to you. I Getting into the mix of it, Jay, is probably the, the first step. Getting out of your office, if you can, pull your work out and just go sit by your team. Listen to them. Do a one-on-one conversation with them. Try and pry it out of them. Because it's, it's better to do that than to wait a week or two and have them in your office ready to quit, in tears, yelling at you and completely broken. You need to be proactive in pulling these problems out of your people if they're not bringing them to you themselves. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. The eye of the storm is real. Things are, things are brewing. It's a wonderful place to be in at the moment. Yeah. But, um, both there sides. A dumb <laughs> grin on your face thinking everything's <laughs> yep. all right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jesse, hey, thank you, man. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks, Certainly Jay. a pleasure. You know, listeners, ton of stuff to grab here. And, and I think we all face these issues. We all have to better our move and, and improve our clinics and our expectations. And there's a lot of stuff that we can take away. So thank you, Jesse. Of course. And again, thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jesse. For the show notes, transcripts, and material from the show, and really everything else MedMan does, you can head over to our website at medman.com. And remember, we'll be here twice a week sharing insights, ideas, and tools to help you level up your practice. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to the MedMan Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com.